Is this a fucking joke right now? Welcome back, everyone, to Triggered. I've been told that uh, that voice and intro is the preferred way that I should intro. Apparently, I sound like a phone sex operator. Hmm. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Michelle. This is episode six of Triggered, and this week's guests are three of the funniest people I've ever met, Um, three of the funniest people I ever worked with, and while our discussion was not funny, uh, I had such a blast with them, and they are always welcome back on the show. We need more guests, so if you guys know people who would love to get on here and argue or just discuss, be productive, have good conversations like the one we had this week, please hit me up. You can either do that through Instagram DMs, uh, Triggered Montreal, or actually it's Triggered MTL, technically Triggered underscore MTL, um, or you can email us at trigger me this and by us i mean me because it's just me out here uh trigger me this at gmail.com before i dive into this week's episode i do need to do some fact checking so if you guys want to just hang in there with me while i look up a few things um yeah i'm gonna do it live because why not and what else are you guys doing you can listen to me so one thing that was said in this week's episode is that eminem is abusive uh listen i think after further research it was never founded that he was actually physically abusive to kim but i think we all know that the emotional abuse ran both ways and that a lot of his songs were like weirdly problematic towards women and weirdly problematic towards abuse in general um and that we really like glorified that kind of violence from him um and his alter ego slim shady I love Eminem. I'm not going to sit out here and say that I don't know every word to lose yourself. Do you think that my point remains valid when I say emotional abuse and physical abuse, while they are different, are still bad? They're bad for everyone involved. So, uh, the next thing that we talked about was Louis C.K.'s special and how he mentions that he is making fun of his situation. Let's see what I got. So from Variety, which I think is like a pretty uh, good source, Louis C.K. downplays the sexual misconduct and controversial new special. Okay, so disgraced Louis C.K. has returned with a surprise stand-up special after admitting to several accounts of sexual misconduct in the 2010s. Okay, okay. He jokes about his misconduct and infamy in the new special, Sincerely Louis C.K., which was released for $7.99 on his website Saturday. Cool! $7.99 to hear a dude make fun of the shit that he did that landed him in this position. Um, Apparently, he says, how was your last couple of years? How was 2018 and 2019 for you guys? Anybody else getting global amounts of trouble? He says, I learned a lot. I learned how to eat alone in a restaurant with people giving me the finger from across the room. All right, so maybe it's not as dire as we thought. Still seems pretty tasteless to me, especially if I have to pay for said special. Um, But okay, and moving on, I think I said something about Shakespeare. And honestly, honestly, I'm not even going to check that one because, like, really, does anyone care? No. Okay. So... 
that's it for me this week. Uh, Enjoy this week's episode and we'll catch you next week. Stay safe, everyone. Bye. I am here with three lovely guests. What a throwback. Haven't seen these kids in a while. How the hell are you guys? I'm good. Thanks so much for having us. Oh, no problem. How about we say who I'm talking to? Yeah, I'll take it off. Does anyone want to go video? <laughs> <laughs> video calls like you don't know when to go. How great would it have been if there was just like a 20 second silence and then like she's not talking to anyone. She's at home alone and quarantine has gone to her. Uh, I'm Curtis. I know Michelle from high school. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'm a similar angle there. My name is Colin and I also know Michelle from high school as well. And I'm just going to throw in that I also know Michelle from high school. I'm Kira. We were all on the same improv team for context to the... To the mm-hmm. I just yeah. meant to say that. I was yeah. waiting for that to drop, that embarrassing tidbit. No, it wasn't embarrassing for us at the time, but like, do you guys find that you're like telling everyone that you did oh, improv all oh, the yeah, time? I, I you're just like yeah, dropping the, that sweet drop pack, pack. <laughs> <laughs> at the people? Because like, most people identify improv as like, the bane of comedy. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I tell people that, and I'm proud, and then they look at me like I should be embarrassed. I'm like, no, no, you don't. I don't think you understand. <laughs> like if I went yeah. to VHS, I might be embarrassed, but like St. Thomas was. Cool. <laughs> you understand? It was like it was shade so early on. <laughs> no, it, no, it was super. No, it was so cool in our high school specifically. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that is the only place on earth that it's that cool. So I've got this like warped perception as well like Kurt said like I'm like yeah I did improv and then everyone in the room's kind of just like "Uh, okay yeah (laughs) I was like so wait you haven't played bus stop in front of a crowd of a hundred people roaring your name that's not how improv is that's how I remember it it was glory for me so yeah you weren't like you weren't famous and preferred by your drama teacher like literally (laughs) you didn't spend after hours with the drama teacher and uh, go on a trip with her and and I missed that car ride because I was my dad drove the other car so (laughs) fucking bad I miss miss all the adventures of of uh I won't say her name but our drama teacher (laughs) yeah true okay so our topic of choice is can you separate an artist's behavior from their sexually violent or just regular violent behavior. So like comedians, directors, um, writers, pretty much anyone, any kind of creative, any kind of human doing a body of work. Um, So what do you guys think? What's your take? Who wants to go first? Colin looks like he wants to go first. (laughs) The silence was palpable. Um, Well, I guess just uh, in in, in general terms and related to like the the, the debate topic, uh, can you separate an artist's work from their past sexually violence or abusive behavior? I think the answer is yes, you can. But that that answer, as I as I previously stated, is dependent on who the observer is, as well as who the artist or athlete or let's say the the, the Ooh, person athlete in the work yeah i did not mention athlete but athlete's a big one <laughs> yeah um so yeah and i think it's definitely a case-by-case basis and i don't think it makes you either a better person or a lesser person to decide whether to engage or not to engage it makes you a better or lesser person by how your morals interact with whatever the situation at hand is mm-hmm. oh well said so astute yeah. Thank you. Um, so we should just end it there then, right? That's yeah, I'm going to go home, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. I don't speak good. Also, Colin, do you want to just take yeah. over my podcast? I can just... Yeah, no. <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah, <we're> also... <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess to some degree, I'm echoing those similar sentiments. Like, I think I, I'm always hesitant to make really broad general claims. Um, so I like, I guess I kind of like to start that way and then hone in and focus on like the specifics of it. So like for me, when I was thinking about this, I was like, I was always thinking about like how art like works on a different plane. So like there's art and then there's life. And like to begin, I always think that like art is for life. Like I'm not one of those people who believes the other way around because there are genuinely people who are like life is for art. Like everything is art. Anything I do is justified by my art. And I personally don't believe that. I think art is for life. So that being said, I also think that you can separate an artist from their art because of the role that art and specifically comedy too plays in society because i think it plays a very specific important and like useful role in a society and it's sort of meant to inhabit the fringes and like explore taboo subjects so like i think that to some degree you almost have to like because a lot of artists don't actually sometimes believe what they're saying right so like to me there has to be somewhat of a divide but i also think once again I'm making general claims, then it becomes like a case by case nuance thing. Like at what point is like something that an artist do like something that they do in society? At what point does it is it so drastic that you're like, okay, hold up, we now need to reassess their art. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like that, so like that, you're saying that like art, like someone can create art and it not be like a rep a direct like representation of themselves and like they are not wholly attached to it. Yeah. So you think that like some art is like completely separate from the artist itself so yeah if like to judge the to judge the art and the artist simultaneously is like not necessarily the best way to to interact with, with not their, always their work. Yeah. not yeah, always exactly it's hard like I think you're right I, I think in some cases yeah but I do think that that's like where people get kind of like fine they have like an issue with it is that they're like okay well I'm judging this person's piece of art and and this person together because I assume that they've left the artist have, has left some kind of part of themselves on the work and so mm -hmm. to interact with the work and to accept the work is to accept everything about the other person but like you said that's kind of like really macro way of looking at it and like painting yeah. everything with the same brush pun intended <laughs> but uh, yeah so, yeah that makes sense you're right I think I think when it cut what it comes down to for me is how much money when when you factor in like the monetization mm. of it and like yeah. that like maybe someone is racking in a lot of money based on the content they're putting out like a song let's say you know when you interact mm -hmm. with song there's royalty so every time you listen to that song this artist is now benefiting from it mm -hmm. and that's then you're like indirectly supporting them maybe they support things that you're like not chill with yeah that's what I was gonna say is like there's a for well okay I'm gonna preface this by saying my opinion changes every five yeah. seconds yeah. so I'm probably gonna say something different at the end of this call or this whatever podcast yeah, yeah literally so don't come for me okay but, um, <laughs> but I feel like the biggest thing is like there's a difference between like consuming something and supporting it like I can like on my own time in my own space consume like you know of a, a comedian's like whatever special on Netflix that I maybe don't agree with everything that they're saying but I would never like go on Twitter and be like yo guys Louis CK dropped a really good special like I would never say that but I might like watch right. it just to like just to like contextualize like I don't know the history of comedy and like learn but like I, I don't know so I feel like there's a difference between like consuming and supporting but at the same time it's like it's annoying because like 
even like with like everyone consuming all of these like problematic people's art like then it just creates more opportunities for them to continue to create art like basically the point is that like it's it sucks because like if if like so many people start consuming like someone's art then it just like gives them more opportunities to continue to produce that and it's like maybe at a certain point we should stop supporting shitty people like that's like why hollywood was so fucked this year and like why cancel culture even started was because they were like oh my god all these guys are bad oops and like they had to get rid of all of them versus just not giving them the power in the first place it's like i don't know man but it's like they you know what they get kicked out but i think they they get that's the thing too and it's it's hard for me because like i struggle with the idea that like call out culture and shaming I think that like that maybe is like more harmful in the long run because like we're setting a precedent that like now we're gonna now everybody is on trial by like the general masses we're like that's not really the way that we've organized our society like normally like in like if you think about like like if like a a criminal like we assume that they're innocent until they're proven guilty right so Mm -hmm that kind of logic we've all kind of said like we've all got on board we're like yeah this is the society we're part of and then now with like these crimes that are coming out like especially with all these like hollywood dudes it was like a lot of them it wasn't even like they were gonna go to jail it was just like we just need to publicly shame them so bad and i'm like at a point i'm like that seems kind of dangerous in the long run like that we're just gonna start publicly shaming everyone and then like you've seen it now even not celebrities like anyone on on twitter like the second you put anything out there you subject yourself to like the masses and like make no mistake that like they will come for you (laughs) yeah and it's also shitty because like the whole thing about hollywood is like you never know the truth like everything is like is like spun out of proportion and like you have no idea someone's life so like I I remember when like Aziz Ansari was like almost canceled but like he was like I didn't do this thing like it's so out of context like that's not it's not at all what happened so like I never was like I'm not gonna consume his media because I was like I don't even know the truth so that's like so shitty to cancel someone and then just be like oops wasn't that's the thing from in my opinion like the the idea of cancel culture the goal here is, is is to let it be known what what the the accusations are, so that people at least can make their own decisions. Yeah. If it's not, yeah. if it wasn't decided in the in, in a court of law, at least you can gather that information for yourself and make an informed decision. But yeah. to me, it isn't so much to say you can never watch this guy special again. Like that's up yeah. to your decision. But at least if you're informed. And that in a lot of cases, these people are so famous that it gets hit and it gets covered up yeah. right away, and that yeah. it doesn't come to light, even though it should have. Yeah. yeah, and you never know the full story. And I think the thing about call culture is that, like, yes, we're supposed to hold people accountable for their actions. And, like, listen, these Hollywood dudes or anyone really in that industry, music executives, all, all of them, you know, it is a culture. They all, like, were at a certain point. They all started from the bottom and they were kind of bred this way. Like, it, mm. it is, like, a cultural issue that, like, they all kind of got there. It's not a coincidence that they all just were, like, you know, rapey. Like, they kind of <laughs> learned that behavior from someone probably from the people before them that were like this is the industry like this is what you can do this is what you can get away with now like yeah. run away now run free but the thing is is that like we're supposed to yes we're and it's good that it's coming out and it's good that they're being held accountable but then like where do we move on from that like we're we also live in a society where we send people to jail and then we tell them okay now you can have a fresh start so like where does where do we like forgive you know what i mean like yeah, yeah you made it yeah you made a mistake it was fucking shitty it's a shitty mistake but like yeah where do we move like the whole point is that you're supposed to get called out pay for your sins yeah and then like move on you know 
Yeah. So it's I, like, it's hard. Yeah. Like For me, it was always like when the person in question could like actively understand like what they did wrong and like not even just an apology, but like an under like a profound like understanding that what they did was bad and that they shouldn't do it again. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I remember when like Kevin Hart was like kind of canceled for the Oscars because he had like said some shitty he had like made some like jokes about like I think it was like homosexuality or something and like the thing is like the harsh truth is that like that was comedy in the early 2000s people mm-hmm. laughed when you were like my son's gay ha 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 like that was a like thing mm-hmm. that's what people that laughed was a punchline, at. yeah and he was yeah. like to be honest like i understand now why that's wrong and like why that shouldn't have been my punchline but like back then like i didn't know and like i was like cool like i'm chill with kevin hart now like we're bros but he lost like, the oscars for it he, he yeah lost, but he lost exactly he lost and people it. still are probably like fuck kevin hart what an asshole yeah. he's a homophobe and it's like no he's not you, you oh, that's the thing punishment podcast. crime right <laughs> you just dropped an f-bomb on our podcast <laughs> oh, i love it i know you're Sorry. totally allowed hey, are we allowed call him the politician over here is like <laughs> okay, oh my god he's like yo you just messed up her whole yeah. <laughs> no you can absolutely say it, but yeah no for sure like and like losing the oscars for a tweet you did 10 yeah. years ago like to me punishment crime like it doesn't seem yeah. like it adds up right. a little bit yeah it's also i think there's a there's like unique I mean, I think a part of why this is such like a touchy subject is that it's also very new and there's a lot of like raw emotion surrounding it. But like it's sort of the process of the trial that's going on that's so very different because of the fact that like it's there's there are just, you know, along with the Internet and this public shaming is is the process through which people are sort of brought to trial through a system entirely outside of the justice system, like the classic justice system, where it's just like, you know, reporting and blogging and all these things and people's opinions are formed so fucking suddenly. And a lot of the time it's based off of misinformation. So like, that's like a really interesting aspect to consider in like how people's public opinions are formed about certain artists. Um, I also think that like, yeah, it's kind of funny because, like, Michelle, what you were saying earlier there about, like, the the sort of effects uh, that call-out culture can have, I also find, like, it can kind of efface nuance and, like, it also can somewhat spread to different aspects of society and then, like, content as well, which is kind of why I was parsing artists from art earlier because, like, I kind of see it as, like, a part of, like, the same sort of idea as, like, you know, when the song, um, oh, what was it called? Baby, It's Cold Outside. Do you guys remember yeah, that? Yeah. Well, like, when that was, like, yeah. like that stopped getting played on radio stations, right? So like, I love Christmas. I, sorry, what's up, Michelle? Are you, no, just, I heard, like, an ad. I don't know if you guys heard that. That was weird. Nope. Anyway, continue, continue. Nah, it's all good. Okay. That, 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 that no, that's just your mind. Like, like break for, for an sponsorship ad. pause. <laughs> yeah, this is where we'll plug our ads. Anyway, continue, continue, continue. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, just like that song, yeah. speaking of like, you know, uh, quoting again, like it was kind of deemed as rapey, right? Like they're like, oh, this is like a very, you know, ugh, song. <laughs> People were like, we can't play this on radios. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, to to like to like such a cl- like for a song like that to no longer be played on the radio because people found it rapey. I like to me that one I kind of di- I disagree with that one, right? Yeah. To me that's just like <laughs> this stupid little sort of like flirt, like pull and play, like that. People, you know, like that's that's a part of like somewhat. Like, it's it didn't somewhat just become rapey. Like it's been rapey for forty years. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like why, why change my mind about that now? Yeah. I get. Yeah, I, 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 I think it was like a new. 
I think for that, it was like, an, we had just entered like this Me Too kind of yeah. movement. We had just fallen in. We had just kind of started to understand what right. consent was, even yeah. though I don't know why it took us so long to figure it out. But, right. yeah. but we had just kind of started. And I think for that, it was like, okay, now, like, it was an acknowledgement that like, there are some seriously systemic issues in yeah. the way that we, that we teach men and women and actually boys and girls sex and it was like okay like there's and they're being influenced by all these factors like tv like any movie from the 2000s like i don't think there's like any consensual sex scenes in any of those movies never american (laughs) pie is just one big baby it's cold outside yeah exactly um and so like i think they started to read to kind of like look and they started doing studies and looking at like how much tv and movies really influence younger generations and i think then everything got kind of put on this like microscope like okay like is this low-key teaching little boys that like raping is okay or anything you know what i mean or low-key teaching little girls that like to flirt and flirt out of your way of like uncomfortableness because like that's the whole song is that like yeah. She doesn't want to stay, but she's anyway. I, <laughs> but it's cold outside. So. <laughs> but it's cold outside. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it also, like you said, like that song was written what, like in the in the fifties? I don't yeah. know. Like when? Yeah. It's really old. When rape was just kind of like the natural courting. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's so I mean, problematic so, to say, but yeah. it, it's it is problematic to say, yeah. but I think to a certain degree, it, it's true. It's, true. <laughs> it's it's also interesting. I, I actually don't know when it was written, but if it was that long ago, I think there's also the thing to consider. It's like we're if you look at it in a modern context, then that's sort of the case. But like at that, t- if that was the time then you also kind of have to consider like women weren't supposed to be brazen and bold about their sexuality, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like they were all like, you know, even like in this case, for instance, if it was that long ago, it would have been taboo for her to just be like, I actually want to fuck you. Right. Like, yeah. no, you but know what I mean? like, even yeah. like that shit was taboo in like the eighties in Southern, in the Southern States. Like I, like I was watching a movie last week, uh, fried green tomatoes. And it's like set in like, yeah, yeah shut up. It's set in like 1985 or some shit. No, it's like 1980 and in like Southern U S and like the woman starts to go to like classes where she like learns about like masturbation and she's like what's this and i'm like bitch what like but it's just crazy like i don't know like this shit was going on like not that long ago just to, just to say 1944 was the the time that that song was written 1944 yeah that's okay, so yeah that, that's sort of my point exactly to like to look at it now and be like okay we need to take this off the radio it's just kind of like I think we're like effacing the context which it came out from because like I think if you look at it in the context of 1944 what like I'm kind of repeating myself a little bit but it's like the point was that women at that time weren't meant to be bold or brazen about their sexuality so the problem mm-hmm. it's almost like we don't know the problem there is almost that like women couldn't be outright about their sexuality too and we actually have no idea whether or not like that that was the way that even if someone wanted to be like you know have it like to 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 sleep with a guy like that's how they went about it it's, it's part like, of the, oh i shouldn't yeah. but like let's fuck you know like you yeah. know what i mean like, like part of the the historical connotation of that song too to look back like oh like that's how times were it's it's, yeah. it's part of part of how that art existed and how it will continue to exist it's also like a thing I was thinking about that sucks is like if you separate the artist from the art, then you're separating like the art from like everyone involved in it. You know what I mean? Like a Woody Allen movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would like I don't like I outwardly I'm like I don't support Woody Woody Allen, but like if he makes a movie. Oh yeah, I was saying the thing about Woody Allen. 
Yeah, yeah. say the thing about You're Woody Allen. About, about Woods. But, um, no, I was saying that, like, I, like, outwardly don't, like, support Woody Allen, but when he makes a movie that, like, maybe features, like, my favorite actor or, like, has, like, literally a crew of, like, over a thousand people working on it, it's, like, it's shitty that, like, they, you know, worked so hard on it and then I'm, like, ha cancel like i don't know it's just yeah. like so it's so hard to like just separate it because it's like so much goes into nowadays especially like it's not like it's like one fucking guy like sorry i keep swearing i'm so sorry but uh, it's not like it's like it, one I, like guy. Sw- I swear so much what are you talking about i have such a potty mouth i just haven't like used it yet the fucking swear <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's like, it's hard because nowadays so much, so many like people go into making one piece of art, like one song, one like show, one movie, one whatever. Like, it's like, it's like, is it even wholly theirs? Like, can you, can you like, can you even separate it? Like, I don't know. That's true. That's like an interesting like concept of like attribution and like, does it just belong to like the one person who conceptualized it or the person whose name is on it? Or you're right. Like I've never thought of it that way that like it belongs to like everyone who is a part of the process, Uh but why is specifically Woody Allen? Like, what is it about him that you find icky? I mean, there's a whole list, but I just want to know which part. (laughs) Well, the one where he like, didn't he like, Sleep with Mary's his daughter. daughter. <laughs> <Mary's> daughter. <laughs> that, That's like the big it, one. Um, yeah. yeah this is his like, adopted, Adop- adopted daughter or something. Ooh. I don't know. It's just, there's just like a lot of things yeah. that like, and also that's like another thing that sucks is like sometimes I make conclusions based on like what I've heard and I don't actually do my own research, so I probably should. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, with with him that one's pretty like black and white. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't fuck your daughter. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> Can we title yeah, this one black and white? You shouldn't fuck your daughter. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's what it will be. <laughs> Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, sorry. Go yeah. ahead. I mean, it's not his real daughter, but like yeah. still. I mean, uh... <laughs> just don't adopt but, her. But her. That, you go. adopt her if you just want to marry her. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like this is kind of a natural segue to bring him in. It's like, can't dance around. Like, you know, our, obviously Harvey Weinstein is like one yeah. of the biggest yeah. names surrounding this conversation. And like, so like he was a producer, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so like, you know, he did terrible shitty things in society and he was reprim- reprimanded for those things, right? Like he, he's, he's in prison. Mm-hmm. So like, and he has that. coronavirus. Is he? Gang, gang. Yeah. Yeah. Coronavirus. (laughs) But um, you know, so like he he did something like in in life in society, and he got reprimanded for it as he should have. But you know, and then you look at his art, like as a movie producer, like am I not gonna watch Pulp Fiction now? Like, I'm sorry, but I will. Yeah. Like I I just like that's the issue. Is like so I I think like it's kind of cool because like Michelle, you brought this on er early on about like the monetary thing. Because I feel like that's what makes this conversation really difficult. Because, yeah. Colin, you highlighted very early on that, like, if you base it on morals and stuff, yeah. it's, it's very relative. But, like, yeah. like in certain cases, but, yeah. like, depending on how you're looking at it. But, like, when it becomes a monetary thing, you realize that you're financially supporting and enabling these people. And right. there's also, like, the whole platform. Right, like, right. You know, like, so, it, so. That makes it really difficult. Because, like, yeah. again, like... I think that you can learn things through art, you know, like through comedy that like right. you don't learn in casual conversation. Like for me, okay, a big one for me is like obviously Louis C.K. again, like yeah. 
he's another yeah. big one to talk about. And like, so I kind of have a, yeah. an interesting relationship with Louis CK in that he masturbated in front of me. No, not actually, but like, <laughs> like no, <laughs> see, no, sorry. I, I, I was like, whoa, you know, Louis CK, what the fuck? No, no. Cause <laughs> I'm like, explanation. Oh yeah. I, 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 I like Louis CK was sort of my first comedian that got me into comedy and I really liked him and I watched all his stand up for years. And he also had this one TV show called Louis and yeah. like, it's really fucking funny. And it was like, he, it was funny. It was existential. It was sort of dreary. And I was talking about this with a friend and it's like, you watch that. You're like, okay, this guy kind of gets it. Like he gets the times. He knows the times we live in. He hasn't let fame get to his head. He hasn't let money get to his head. He's like making good art about the time we live in. And then this happens and you're yeah, like, yeah. fuck, you know, and just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh yeah. shit. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah. all these things that like I learned through his art and like they, they, they become sort of like, they just naturally sort of become, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, solid. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah solid. And like, on, on you know, and then so th that being said, like, I naturally just drew away from his art quite a bit because I was like, I was speaking with a friend again, instinctually, you're like, okay, I thought this guy was like, you know, someone with the times and like, he understood yeah. things and you find out that maybe not so much, but yeah. like, so still, I'll still watch his comedy sometimes, not as much. And I'm like, ah, oh, I probably shouldn't be doing this, but I do it anyway, because of the fact that like art lives on the fringes and it teaches you certain things, even if in some cases the artist who made it is a shitty person. Like Louis CK has one bit that I watched, like honestly in thinking about this a couple weeks ago um, or maybe like a week ago where he's like, he's watched magic Mike. He's begun watching magic Mike 17 times, but he's never <laughs> finished it because he already knows the ending of the movie. And it's that he's gay. <laughs> and I find, I find, you know, like, I kind of find that a funny joke because, like, it's, it's like, it hits you funny, right? But then you realize there's this thing with, like, straight guys where you're, like, terrified of, like, showing, yeah. like, yeah. any sort of homosexual traits yeah. or, you know, like, taking a yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, to me, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. that was both a funny and, like, oh, shit, yeah. that's such a true thing, you know? So yeah. you learn well, that. And then you reconcile that with, like, oh, this is a joke from a shitty person and I'm giving him. Mm. So, like, that's where, to me, the, the discussion becomes really difficult. Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah. if, I feel like if you're naturally distancing yourself from it, if you feel that you don't want to interact with that person's work anymore, then that's probably the right way of going about it. If, if it yeah. disagrees with your morals and you can't separate, especially in the context of comedy, I think it's particularly important because it's people talking about bad things that they also you can see them doing you know what i mean like it's very yeah. contextual related whereas most art actually doesn't do that if you talk about like like producers comedians comedians yes but like athletes and singers it doesn't other art doesn't always you know indicate exactly the bad things that, that they've done and actually yeah. in many cases that actually you could draw that correlation mm -hmm. um yeah so then in that case they do but from but from my point to that is um, Michelle mentioned accountability before, but accountability does not equal support, in my opinion. So you can hold someone accountable for the actions that they've done. You can condemn them for it and you can actively not condone the aggressive and sexually violent actions that they've taken, but you can support them for the art they produce. So what I mean is like, mm. if you love comedy and you you can learn a lot from Louis C.K. because he has great comedic timing and he's a great storyteller and these are all good things that you can learn as a comedian. You could and should be able to have a support for the medium, so the art of comedy in that space, mm -hmm. while holding him accountable for the things that he either has or hasn't done. And that's yeah. not an easy thing to do. I'm not saying it, mm -hmm. it's, it's one way to go about it, but in my opinion, that's an important thing yeah. to... Uh, and I think it's... 
Isn't it shitty? Or she fell asleep. Closing for you guys also? Oh my god. Yeah, she fell asleep. <laughs> I fully thought she was just closing her eyes this whole time. I was like, damn, this girl's meditating. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's really visualizing. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, Colin, keep going. Fucking please. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Butter and Other Drugs. I can always count on Taylor's meals when I need something in a pinch or when I'm looking to try something new. Healthy, flavorful meals delivered right to my door and that I'm sure my whole family will love, even the littlest ones. Never happens, by the way. I just want to say. Yeah, sure. I just want to say. <laughs> I'm not to. like this. <laughs> This isn't me. Normally, there's this is it's usually much more professional. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's our fault. We fucked up. So I'm so sorry where we dropped off. I'm so sorry. Continue. Someone was on a good roll. I don't remember who. It's Colin. Sorry. Huh? He was saying. He was saying. Colin was saying smart things. Ah, uh, no, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Let me just close this. Okay. What What were we talking about? Ah. Uh, um, okay, I, I uh, was, it, was it? I was talking about accountability versus support, and I had like yeah. eleven different things to say, but I forgot most of them. Um, oh, okay. If I recall, we were saying like, um, yeah. So in the case of a comedian in particular, like Will Smith, <laughs> good job, Kira, <laughs> a comedian. Um, their their art can sort of like manifest some of the complicated and problematic and troubling things that they do. Like uh, another like specific case is like rappers in modern day rap and hip hop who, who whose lyrics are like particularly aggressive and sexually yeah. degrading, like just plain out degrading lyrics. I'm like yeah. I've been guilty of listening to those songs. Like yeah, this is sick, but like <gasps> sick, but I know I. Do you listen to R. Kelly? <laughs> oh, good question. Um, I have still yes, I have still listened to R. Kelly. Still listen to the remix to Ignition. Mm-hmm. No, I can't. We were yeah. playing like musical beers where you like play a song and you have to like go around a table, whatever. Yeah. And that one came on like Remix to Ignition, and I was like, yeah! And then I was like, no! <laughs> and then he turned it off, and it was great. Really, you turned it off? Yeah, we turned it off. That's that, that's a bold. That's sort of the conversation. Where it's like, so I I pulled up this list of topics that, that Michelle sent us a week ago, whatever, with my roommates, and I was just going through them, and like, whenever a thing would come up, we like, yeah, no, like of course, and we just spoke generally about it. And we're like, yeah, like we're on the same page. Like we're smart. We're good, active members of society. Yeah. <laughs> Until we started coming up with particular examples, and then that's when good yeah. argumentation started coming about because we started bringing up cases like R. Kelly, blah blah blah. And I was like, oh, we're not gonna listen to him. And my friend's like, wait, why not? And then that's when productive discussion came. So I think, it, like I think Michelle said before, it's good to bring up examples. So in the R. Kelly, I'm so I'm so touched that you went through my list. I did go through your list. Yeah. Not gonna- from that for like two That's weeks. good, yeah. Um, the mint, the, the the mint chocolate chip one didn't didn't have, have as much traction, unfortunately. Uh, I'm also drinking yeah, water in a mug, so. Because fuck mint uh, chocolate chip. Yeah. I'm just gonna. Yeah. No. I love how people are more no. pissed off by that statement than anything I said. <laughs> what the fuck? What did you say? What, what, what did you say? So aggressive. Yo, yeah. that's not even that's not even cool bad like you're just wrong like objectively <laughs> I li- there's like no argument oh man i said louis ck masturbated in front of me nothing i say fuck me <laughs> chocolate chip hell raises. bro what yeah what? the mob comes for you yeah 
Sorry, Colin. What is that thing behind you? Is that a oh, dog? Oh, it's a baby platypus. <laughs> this oh, is really? like for anyone listening to this, they're going to be so confused because <laughs> Kira keeps changing her Skype background to Will Smith to things like Will Smith and, and baby platypuses and uh, platypi. Platypus. I'm pretty is sure platypi. Platypi. Yeah. Platypi. If we're going to be correct, we're going to just say platypi. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're going to be confused. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, that's, Colin, it's a good point about bringing up specifics because like, that's where you're like, oh yeah, we're on the same page. But then it's like, okay, well, R. Kelly or like, okay, well, should we be, you know, giving these people money? Like these are the sorts of questions that, you know. Exactly. So, so before we, like we started, I just started like, when I was furiously taking notes before, I was just writing down as many examples as I could think of, of like the ones that pop into my head. Like we mentioned, like the Louis C.K., Harvey Weinstein, important ones like that. Yeah. And I quickly Googled like, oh, uh, celebrities, sexual violence, assault. And there was like hundreds and hundreds of examples, like people that you would have had no idea that that would have been either accused or actually convicted. So, so the, the R. Kelly is a good example. But the one that I think of first and foremost when I think of this issue is Chris Brown. So I know I've had this, I've had this with Kira before. So Chris Chris Brown is is someone whose music I listen to. I know a lot of people don't like like music in general, but like for me, I do, I listen to his music, I do enjoy listening to his music. In my opinion, I think he is one of the most important people in R&B in the past 10 years. So from a dancer to a performer to a singer on all aspects, I think he's super talented. Anyone who's a dancer, I hear you'd like realize that this guy is supremely talented. And that, I'm hopping in soon. <laughs> and, 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 and just on an objective basis, he's been important. And if it wasn't for the derailment of his career, I think he, he would have been literally like probably 20 times more famous than he is on the likes of Michael Jackson. All that to say... Uh, what he did to Rihanna was an absolutely despicable act. And I think he is a, a, a bad person, like through and through, not just because of the Rihanna incident, but because of everything that he's done. And everybody knows about that. Um, but in my case, I am able to separate that work from his art, uh, his, um, sorry, his previous experience from his art, because I recognize that he's talented and that he's, he's groundbreaking, that he, uh, he's, he's like a leverage in, in that industry. Um, but we were talking this about my friend, and he was like, so you listen to his music? I was like, yes, I give him Spotify plays, YouTube plays, you know, I'm able to separate it. And they're like, well, would you go to his concert? And mm. I was like, well, I don't know if I'd go to his concert. Like, why wouldn't you go to his concert? And I said, well, because I don't want to support him. And then all of a sudden, that level of support didn't coincide with what I just said. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible. <laughs> and, and the reason is, and maybe this won't come back to you, but this is where our discussion came down to is, my thesis when I opened the statement was that it is relative to the observer and the consumer. In my case, it becomes about my public perception. I don't want people to know, and it yeah. sounds like a selfish thing to say, but the yeah. honest truth is I don't want people to know that I am supporting someone who has a really problematic past. Because yeah. then what does that say about myself? I obviously, I can stay here, put my hands up and say, I don't condone what he's done whatsoever. But if I'm seen buying merchandise or going to his concert or anything that I can interact with publicly, I may be seen as getting barred for supporting him. Yeah. But I have a question. When if you're going, okay, if you're going to a Chris Brown concert, <laughs> like assuming you're not, you know, buying a sweater and then wearing it like for mm-hmm. like, after the concert or like, posting anything on social media the only people that you're interacting with at the concert are other chris brown fans right so like, um, are you all just gonna stand there and like judge each other like 
But well, I so, really so first of all, first of all, you can't go to a concert without posting something. It's not how it works. Um, <laughs> and 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 you're you're absolutely right. Like um like going going to to a concert is like everyone there is supposedly supposed to be a fan also. But it's just like the idea that you're subjecting yourself to to public scrutiny also. Like you're like oh people might see me and someone might see that they saw me and talk to someone and. Um, and that was is definitely a factor when you think about it. Like for me, I wouldn't go to this concert also because of a level of support, like on a personal level, even if no one found out, I've kept the terms and said that I, I wouldn't be comfortable with that either way. But yeah. I definitely think, and like, even if people don't realize that it's a subconscious thing, like you, we are, con- we are w- aware of what people will think of us by giving support to someone who's done something bad. Yeah, literally well, that was like the hardest. Sorry, hmm? sorry, Kira, but like, Colin, it's just interesting that you're not going to a concert because of the mob, because of the call-up mob that will come for you. <laughs> the same yeah, call-up I mean, mob that, that what came for Chris Brown is the one that you're scared of coming uh, for you going to a concert. Absolutely. That's just an interesting thing to think about of our society, that like we've yeah. already let that play into our actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like Just like the artists, we're only human too, and then we can fall victim to, to the yeah. masses just as, just as easily, you know? It's also, like, concerts, I feel like, are different, like, because concerts is, like, a celebration of, like, the person's, like, work and music, and, like, you're literally in an arena surrounded by a bunch of people supporting that person, like, dancing to their music, like, jumping, like, being, like, so, like, it's, like, way more visceral than just, like, listening to a song. Like, I don't know, I just feel like it's, it's, like, a different experience. Like, I only go to, like, concerts of artists that I'm, like, very, like, I I know all their songs, like, or at least a lot of them, and I, like, want to listen to them for over an hour versus like one song from like an artist I feel like that's a bit different but I don't know Chris Brown was so yo I don't even like when I was yeah. 15 okay like I don't this is this is probably a hip-hop dancer thing because like yeah. I don't know why I feel like a lot of people are like Chris Brown meh but yeah. when I was 15 I had a poster of Chris Brown in my room yeah and that's my brother. I was obsessed with Chris Brown <laughs> I literally he was my favorite artist I would watch his music videos all the time because yeah. he was such yeah. a good dancer I was obsessed with him and then like the whole Rihanna thing happened and I was and Rihanna's like my number one favorite artist yeah. like yeah. up all the time yeah. so I was like fuck like I was pissed and I didn't that was like the first time I, I was ever like I ever had to like make a like decision to like consume someone's art or not based mm-hmm. on their actions mm-hmm. and like to be honest I still listen to Chris Brown like today sometimes like when I go to like when I go to dance workshops they play a Chris Brown song and I have to dance to it and I'm not like ew I'm like oh it's kind of a jam but like well, I don't tell anyone <laughs> yeah like forever is such a good song I yeah I, but I won't tell anyone like I literally like this is a true story and it's so fucking awful but it's hilarious my ex-boyfriend when we broke up I broke up with him and said don't worry this won't be that bad because I never told you I'm a huge Chris Brown fan so now you probably won't like me anymore anyway <laughs> and, that, and that's the tea did it work that personal anecdote I think Chris Brown's interesting because he's like he kind of like he was they came for him long before call-out culture kind of really, like, in. So I think that he's an interesting example. But I also think that, like, you know, when did that happen? Like, listen, I'm not excusing violence against women in any kind of way. Like, obviously, that would be really just bad for me in general um, and my gender. But, like, (laughs) I also, (laughs) like, I also just think that Chris Brown, too, is a bit scapegoated. Because, like, if you think about, like, Eminem, it was also abusive to his, yeah, his partner. Like, mm-hmm. there are other people in that scene that you've seen that were abusive to their partners and, like, 
and some of them probably we don't even know about you know and yeah. I think Chris Brown was just like this one example and I think it didn't help that he was abusive towards another famous person arguably was on the rise to becoming more famous than him yeah, yeah. um so and I think it's like it's been 10 years now like I think like if Chris Brown released the song today I think I would be willing to give him another shot Really? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. know. Yeah, I mean, like you said, his his, his success suffered. Like, he's still like a like a multi-platinum yeah. artist with millions, like one of the most influential yeah. in his field, but it just go like makes you think like how, how, how big would he be if that did not happen? Yeah, but one thing I was thinking about was like, like it really sucks to separate the artist and the art because like a lot of, it just so happens that like a lot of the people that produce a lot of the stuff that's really really good are really bad people and I don't know why this is a thing but like part of me is like maybe if we just stop consuming their shit and they go away then like a rise of people that are good people that also create just as good art will come like it's like it's just like nobody we're not putting a spotlight on anyone that's like a good person that also creates I mean obviously there's a lot of them like a lot of the things we we like consume are good people make them but like I don't know it's like it's like the majority it seems of like really like crazy amazing art is like produced by people that are like getting canceled so it's like I, don't I think know. it seems well, like the, majority why... those are the hardest cases those yeah. are the ones that we end up talking about yeah yeah and I think it's also that's like it is like I think that that's not a coincidence you know what I mean in the same yeah. way that I don't think it's a coincidence that like most girls can can have friends or themselves have experienced some kind of like sexual sexual misconduct sexual aggression or sexual assault like I think like it is like culturally somehow it's like a power thing that we give these people so much power and they just don't really know what to do with it and then they start getting away with stuff I don't know what I would do but if I had so much power in an industry that was giving me literally everything I wanted like I didn't have to do anything and like I got everything would I become a terrible person? Probably. I think so. <laughs> I don't think you would. <laughs> I, think I don't so. think you would. I think, no, I, I no, think I, at some point in your life, you, you have a set of standardized morals. Yeah. And like, yeah, maybe you can write a report from your bed and like, oh, I'm such a, I'm so naughty. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I understand not to get worse today. But like, so to, to treat other human beings with decency is something that yeah. I think is ingrained. And you picked four people in this conversation who I think do that or generally do that. And I don't think that at any point in time, you would be corrupt beyond that nature. Not yeah. saying that this is a, a completely different conversation. I'm not saying people aren't inherently good or inherently bad because that is a long discussion to have. But if you're brought up with indecent morals, then those those bad boys can pop off whenever, you know? Yeah. That's what we see. Yeah, with like, people. Just like it, it, I just think it's too much of a coincidence. Like if you look at athletes, let's say, like mm-hmm. professional athletes, and like this is like an entirely different conversation on its own. But mm-hmm. all like, in, in in terms of like they think they did a stat of like infidelity and it's like something crazy like 98 percent of athletes like are yeah are like cheating on their partners right yeah and, and I, like, think that, yeah. I think that like to a certain degree i think that's trash for sure but do i think that all those people would have been in like would have cheated on their partners if they weren't like getting as much attention as no, no, of no, course not. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. Well, I mean, that, it's funny that you. Sorry. As, as, as Kira goes diving for something down there. <laughs> it's it's funny that you that you put it that way, like, because for like, uh, sorry, I'm just sort of synthesizing a couple of things that have recently been said, but like, 
a there are good people that go through these that go through this process, right? Like, I mean, just looking at like Tom Hanks, right? He wouldn't hurt a fly, and like he's achieved the same amount of fame as so far as we know. Like, he's achieved the same amount of fame and gone through all these processes, like as you know, as Chris Brown or any other people who's attained that level of fame. And he's like, like Colin was saying, he's maintained that sort of like that just that that set of principles and morals that are obviously hand in hand with his character. Um, I think, you know, I think there's something to be said about people who go through that process and remain the same versus people who go through that process of becoming fame and rich and gaining platforms and power and who change through it, you know, like, but that being said, I also think that that can be said about, you know, nearly anything, like not just art, not just music. You see that in the business, in business world, you know, um, you see that with CEOs. It's, it's not, it's not exclusive to art. You know, and so like when we say I, I think that it's more of a systemic societal thing. Right. And art is like definitely one of those um, mediums where it's a good place to start the discussion because these people are already hailed and just yeah. understand like seen on a public platform and everyone knows their names and they're on your TVs. So it's like easy to look at these people in positions of power and like not consider all these other positions of power where people are doing equally abusive and terrible things and not seeing as many repr- like not being reprimanded. They're being like like magnified almost. Yeah, exactly. So like that's they, interesting. They are. They, we make an example of them, but yeah. I think that's like part of the contract of when you become famous is that mm-hmm. Yeah, you're actually quite Right. But so it's also it's kind of interesting because like I think these I, I kind of see this as like a pendulum almost where these 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 discussions these, these discussions are really important to have because like once again going back to something I was saying earlier about like the process and the trial of the internet, we're kind of seeing this happen live. Like to some degree, like these sorts of realizations and like they're still somewhat novel, realistically, like a public conception, like this whole idea of like, you know, these like systemic like, um, uh, you know, systemic whatever. I'm I'm getting a bit on a tangent here, like systemic racism and like, you know, the things that women have to go through. But like, I think what I'm trying to say here is um, that. Oh fuck! I totally lost my my train of thought. I'm very upset about that. Time. Um, shit. It will come back to me. Good and bad. God damn it. It's okay. Take take a minute. Let let it marinate, and uh, yeah. it'll, it'll 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 come back around. You 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 said a lot of important things in there while Kira was diving for her her charger. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I, t- I had to get my charger. Oh yeah. Sorry. I just remembered. It's just like the, 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 I, what I was getting at there was like the pendulum. Is that like we're having these discussions and they're important, yeah. and it's because they're revealing something that's been there for a very long time, mm-hmm. and we're using a really like sort of emotionally charged. Um, topic to discuss these things and art and artists and celebrities are a good place to start having these discussions and start looking at them now that being said because of that I feel like some people are you know get sort of get taking the heat and the bulk of this sort of this more inherent social problem and so you look at and you take that and you factor that in and it's like where I'm saying where I see it as a pendulum is like, OK, that's now happened. And there's been this outrage and this call out culture and this cancel culture, which is still happening. Mm-hmm. But then it's almost like it needs to come back a little bit. I think that pendulum and like we need to start having discussions and looking at nuance and seeing how like these in, these discussions are wholly important if they only opened up the barriers for more nuance, more discussions and yeah. like a more critical lens. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm kind of trying to say.
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. Like the, at the end of the day, the utmost importance is that we're having this conversation. It it, it forces yeah. discourse, it forces dialogue, and people to open up about things that they wouldn't normally be talking about, especially with people like our younger age generation is more inclined to do this, but older generations maybe are more sedimented in their ways. But when we have discussions like this, might force maybe my parents to to see things from a different perspective that they haven't to in a long time, which is also useful. Yeah. Also, like, if there's one thing that, like, quarantine has taught me, it's that when you, like, strip people away from the things that make them happy, it makes them fucking pissed. Yeah. So, I don't know, like, I, I, at the end of the day, like, obviously this, this conversation is important and, like, you know, reprimanding people for the shit that they do is important, but you can't just, like, take away all of the art that they've produced and just, like, erase it because, like, I'm sorry, like, when I'm sad and I want to listen to... I don't know, a random Michael Jackson song that reminds me of my childhood. Maybe I will, and I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Michelle won't. Michelle won't. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson and <laughs> reminding you of I don't think we need to remove the any of the work, because I think if we start digging and we remove all of the work that anyone whoever did something like a discretion ever did, I mean, yeah. we're not going to have anything to indulge yeah. in. Like, I'm sure that there are, I'm sure that like Shakespeare did some, if he was a real guy, I don't know, conspiracy theory, probably <laughs> did some shit. I think that like some of the writers that we study, like poets. Oh, like, of course. Can you imagine like what went down in like the 1600s, 1700s? Like it was 40 years ago. Like, oh, it becomes hard to, like, I don't think as a society we need to just be like, okay, like, we're silencing anyone who's ever done that. But I do think it's just important to be mindful of the fact that there is, there, there needs to be a way that we hold people accountable, but yeah. it's not necessarily taking away everything that they contributed. Yeah. And I think it does, and like Kira said, like, it really does, it's, it's more than just one person, right? Like, a, a sort of, like, a painting or maybe like a piece of writing like a lot of that production value there was a lot of other people behind it the issue needs to be that we don't like put people's names on things as much like maybe mm-hmm. we need to evolve towards a, a place where we're embracing like a lot of people for the work recognition is more collaborative mm-hmm. instead of just like michael bay you know what i mean yeah, yeah. um it's hard because like even going back to the Louis D.K. thing like it's really difficult because like I I was I'm a big fan of his comedy as well I mean I was I have a, a kind of a, a more of an issue with him just because like I do know that he really like took advantage of his position of power and I yeah. just he's like so fucking smart man like even just his show like he wrote that show alone which yeah. is so fucking impressive and he was writing it out like they were producing it in a week like every week it would come yeah. out I was producing it in a week and I remember like learning that in school and just being like this guy's fucking like he was so gifted yeah, yeah. So it's, like, and he and he did bring so much to like the craft like his craft is so fucking on point like so yeah. many comedians probably studied him and grew from him mm-hmm. and became like better for it mm-hmm. and maybe those people aren't being sexually aggressive or jerking off all over everything right. <laughs> so it's like, like imagine if <laughs> say that like one of you guys who are like three of the funniest people I know, like if you're studying Louie and then you go on to be like famous comedians, what if we had taken away Louie? Maybe your craft would have never gotten yeah. that good. So when yeah. we take away that stuff, like we're 
I also like learning opportunities for the next generation of people who hopefully will be like more aware of their behavior and won't be as like problematic. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like, that's what's difficult is like we're really in an era of transition. And I think that's what causes so much like kerfuffle between everyone. It's, yeah. like, it's not mm-hmm. perfect right now. But we're like trying to find the best way to like move forward. I yeah. think like what we're doing now, like just like bringing up the topic, like reprimanding people, but not like in a, like a crazy mobby way. And then like taking the good, acknowledging that there's yeah. bad and then actively supporting people that aren't like that. Like, I'm sorry, like there's a lot of people that have created amazing things that are shitty people, but there's also a lot of people that have created amazing things that are amazing people. And we can support those people as well. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's My there's, there's Hanks. a way to like, yeah, it's, it's going to yeah. be good. Tom <laughs> Hanks. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, also Bill Murray, guys. I don't know if you are, like, that familiar with him. As Groundhog Day? Yes. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's, like, okay, you, uh, sorry, this is a bit of a digression, but he's, like, one of just the most stand-up human beings. And there's a Netflix, like, kind of special on Bill Murray. I forget what it's called. It, it, they, it's, like, some parallel with, like, Sasquatch because he's just this super elusive actor, and he just goes and does random acts of kindness like so at once like there, there there are all these anecdotal things like of like people finding bill murray at a, a like a random house party in the suburbs doing the dishes and this guy's like an a-list celebrity and they're like bill murray and he's like hey like and he's doing the dishes or like going to a bar and sitting down next to a guy and buying him a picture and then spending the night at the bar becoming the bartender anyway i just love that but there's so many people like that like john mulaney is like one of the funniest people i've ever experienced like comedy from and he is one of the nicest people from like based on what i've heard and yeah. like i don't know i just like i also find like cancel culture pisses me off so much these days because like there's people there's people that are like inherently good like i'm sorry like john krasinski is a good person (laughs) and like some good news thing he's doing dude people hate (laughs) john krasinski people hate on him because he like played uh jack ryan like a like in like a army guy and they're like oh my god he's like he's like playing an army guy he must be like pro trump or some shit and i'm like dude what the fuck don't cut krasinski i don't see it like I'm not going to get too into it, but, like, like, I just don't see it. I don't – I think he's just overrated. I don't really like him in the office. I don't like Jim. Like, Oh, what? <laughs> I'm just not on board. I'm, I'm like, low-key. I think he's, like, that nice guy that gets propped up but is, like, kind of an asshole. Yeah, he but he's not, like, Dwight canceled. The entire season of, like, all through all 11 Yeah, years. Dwight had to come in, though. Um, yeah, but also, like, to, to bring it back, like, in terms of like just the nature of these discussions, the fact that we're having them and how they're useful, like, you know, I think again, using like sticking with that pendulum uh, metaphor I, I'm, I'm saying is like, I think some good comes out of it. Like the fact that Colin is like aware, you know, that like, and, and actually hesitant to wear, sorry, not just aware in general, I know yeah. you're a human being, but uh, you know, aware about this. Yeah, like, like that he's like, He's like, I'm not going to wear a Chris Brown shirt or I, yeah. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's interesting. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. it, it speaks to the, the power and the effect that these discussions have had in like a good way, I think to some yeah. degree, but where I sort of start to get hesitant about like this whole, like the rage behind call out culture is when people are afraid to sort of discuss these things and like afraid to like even mention, like that's where it gets a little bit negative where like Colin's like afraid to wear a Chris Brown shirt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, 
I, I, to some degree, you should, there should still be a level of receptivity and openness to having these yeah. discussions, even if you maybe not, don't have a favorable opinion. And yeah. like, I think also that it, it manifests, like I, I'm bringing it back again to like, maybe it's cold outside. Like it's an important discussion to have, but to like cancel that from all radio shows, yeah. I still think is a little bit, it's an example of like a sillier outcome from this. Yeah. That's mm. not yeah. as productive. Like, I think, like, having the conversation means that we won't create, like, media that's like that. Like, no one's going to create Baby It's Cold Outside Part 2 unless they make, like, a funny, like, updated to 2020 version. Mm -hmm. But, like, that doesn't mean we have to, like, cancel Christmas. Right, but that that interaction begs the question, okay, well, then where is the line? Because, like, for, for me, like, I'll be like, okay, I won't go to a Chris Brown concert. That has to do with my perception, my public perception, but also to my own morals. But in the case of Michelle, she'd be like, I won't listen to Michael Jackson's music at all. That's where she wants to draw her line. Yeah. Um, why then, Michelle, is that the line for you? Why have you decided to draw the line there? Well, I think like it depends. And I guess it just come, all comes back to it being like super relative to the person and to, you know, your morals and to your, like your individual like priorities and stuff and your boundaries. And for me, like my boundary with Michael Jackson is that like, I mean, I don't know if you guys watch like Neverland, but I couldn't even get through the first 50 minutes of it. And so for me, it's just like when that music comes on, as much as I think that his music is amazing, I'm like, it just, it bring it's like, I just can't disassociate. And that specific crime, like, I think it depends also like on the crime. Like, can I sit down and watch a Louis, Louis C.K. special without thinking about the fact that he manipulated women, which, you know, like my gender again I'm like can I sit there and separate the fact that he um like used his power to basically um like abuse women who were in an industry comedy that already is like really difficult no because I'm too close to it like for me I'm too close to it I'm a woman and like I love comedy and like have like have tried to work and do things that are comedic so it's like I can't indulge in that in that material do I judge other people who do? No. Like, I, I think, like I said, I think his, he's a valuable artist. Same with Michael Jackson. Like, I can't sit there and listen to his music and not think about molesting kids. Like, am I going to go on a personal vendetta and shame everyone who does? No. If yeah. I'm at a party and remixed ignition comes on, do I ask for it to be turned off? Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> that's just for me personally. Okay, just devil's advocate here then to entertain a uh, meaningful discussion for the viewers. Of course, only for the viewers. <laughs> Michael Jackson was never found guilty in a criminal yeah. court of law. Where do you That's draw your line based on the evidence at your disposal to make that decision? About him? Okay, well, first of all, there was, like, whisper campaigns of this shit when we were young. Like, yeah. as, a, as a kid growing up, mm -hmm. the joke was, like, Michael Jackson's going to come and rape you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so already there was whisper campaigns there. Um, I mean, listen, he wasn't ever found guilty in the court of law, partly because he died and partly because his supposed his alleged victims were like paid off. Mm -hmm. I, to me, what has been leaked out and I'm not just saying Neverland, I'm saying like in different sources, like all over the place, like what I've heard, I've formulated my own opinion on that. And mm -hmm. I just think it's the, it's too overwhelming not to believe. Is there yeah. a slight chance that he didn't? Maybe, but I don't really buy it altogether. Rape, like, fucking children is like something that's happening in Hollywood and I'm just like on board with that conspiracy theory fully so yeah I just I've done my own research I'm really not articulating myself well but I've done my research <laughs> no, and like on my 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 own sleuthing and my own Nancy Drewing I have yeah. decided that Michael Jackson absolutely yeah. molested 
those children and therefore his music is no longer appealing to me. It's kind yeah. of like what Kurt was saying. It was just happened naturally. Like I just had a natural like reclusion to his yeah. stuff. Yeah. I was going to say though, like I haven't even seen Finding Neverland, but even when I listen to like an MJ song now, like I've still like, I can't like dance to it anymore. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, I can't <laughs> listen to it and just be like, woohoo. Like I'm listening to it being like, oh, this is a banger. But like, uh, like, I don't know. You, everything's clouded now. So like, it's I, a banger, but how many kids did you actually bang? Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. We're really short for today. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely makes everything cloudy. <laughs> so it's, it, it kind of does ruin the media in a way. Cause like, I'm not, I, I don't listen. Like, if, especially if I'm on the bus and like an MJ song comes on, like I'm turning it off. I don't want people to see that I'm listening to that. And I don't really want to listen to it in public and like feel good listening to it. Cause then I feel bad. So, so yeah, I, I asked that question because like, of course, like there, there, it's a, it's a it's a difficult perception to see who decides and for me the issue is okay well we have the criminal court of law in in the world today which uh, believe me i understand the judicial system is flawed in many ways but in our society we've constructed our basis where you have a judge and a jury and they decide your fate and if they are you are innocent until proven guilty and if you're found guilty then that's sort of the basis of he did it or did not do it of course there's flaw um but at some point it begins with accusations and it begins with people saying uh i i there there was an accusation and what is the validity to that and that's a slippery slope especially in the current day and age of of, of sexual assault because it's believing survivors versus believing the victim and so if you inherently want to always believe the survivor that's you you want to give power to their story but at the same time you have people it does happen where, where there are false claims and these things that just straight up didn't happen um and and, and drawing that line in the case of Michael Jackson, I do agree with you. I wanted to hear your answer, but I definitely do agree with you. He was never actually found criminally guilty of anything, but there is a absolutely overwhelming amount of evidence against him. <laughs> since we were since since we were younger, I remember these these stories. Like he would literally he he his mental stability. He would dangle children off of a balcony. Yeah, and, and he he his whole like physical transformation, everything would suggest that he was mentally unstable. And I would have this conversation with, with my parents, my mom, who's a big Michael Jackson fan. And her answer would always be, oh, he's just hanging around kids because he, he never had a childhood himself. He's been thrusted in the spotlight since a kid. And that was why. And, yeah, and for me, as a, as a 12 year old, I was like, all right, you know, like that, 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 that makes sense. Like, you know, like yeah. he's, he's, he's that's like really alarming behavior. Like, like it is know, now that you that look back on it. Yeah not be building um like water parks and like theme parks in their backyard to hang out with kids yeah. like, i mean like yeah. well, Colin Culkin didn't do that with children you just shouldn't be hanging out with children in a room like alone like that, that that's like that's bizarre just as in general that's like bizarre yeah. like if you had a friend that was like i'm gonna build a theme park because i want more kids to come over like in my backyard <laughs> yeah but, but yeah i i i agree like i if you guys i saw um uh neverland what was it welcoming finding neverland, neverland. Finding neverland. I, I saw i didn't see the whole thing but i saw most of it um it's very well well done documentary like it, it shows like the evidence is in front of your face like there's no way this guy didn't do what he did and and although he was never found guilty it is a spectrum being like no this is totally unbiased claims to yes he totally did it and yeah, and no. i think he, as a as a logical citizen in society at some point if you want to make your own decision you have to do a little bit of research find the evidence that's in front of you and make your your best case decision based off of that 
Yeah. yeah. Plus, around the same time, I watched uh, When They See Us, and that just yeah. made me, like, n- lose complete trust in the judicial system as a whole. So I was like, never right. mind. People right. can't even – it's not even worth, like, I don't even know if that tells you the truth or not. Like, you can't even, like, hold it to that standard anymore. Yeah. I think, like, what's difficult, like, what you were saying exactly, Colin, with, about Me Too, too, and, like, the, like, believing the survivors thing is that, mm-hmm. like, that has become our default because for so long our default was to not. To not but, believe. So now we but, want to believe all of them. The default was to not believe them is because <laughs> we adhere to a justice system that says you are innocent until you're proven guilty. And in that in those situations, like, how are you supposed to prove when you're two people that mm-hmm. something happened? That right. something that one person said happened versus what right. something that another person said happened. So yeah. I think, and then I think the alternative to that was like, okay, well, uh, and, and again, a lot of these cases too came out like after that period that they could be convicted and was over, yeah. Yeah. statute of limitations. So yeah. it was then like, okay, well, we need to get justice some way. So yeah. what is that way going to be? Well, that is, it's going to be a smear campaign. We're going to yeah. start smearing all these people so that they pay for their sins. For what they did, yeah. Yeah, but then if you ask a lot of the victims, I'm sure some of them are super stoked. Like, listen, like Harvey Weinstein, they, they gave him. I think like 25, 30 years in jail yeah. for a rape case is like phenomenal. Most people get off on rape cases with a few months, slap on the wrist, don't do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got 30 years. And so I think they made it and he'll, he'll die in jail. Um, yeah. So, I mean, for that, maybe, you know, that's justice. I don't really know. But if you were to ask the victims, his victims, like, yeah. I don't think like they maybe some I can't speak for them obviously but like I don't know it would be interesting to ask them like how they feel about it like do they think that like this smear campaign of putting him all over the place was the does that make them feel better does it does it rectify the fact that he was maybe the survivors are are, are triggered every time they see his name maybe they would rather have this thing not done at all and so that, that that's the idea with with this with this with, this, uh, with the survivor instance is that you always want to listen to their stories of course especially because statistically the vast majority of people who report sexual violence it did happen and they are and they are able to prove it but there are the, these instances of unfound cases particularly with people with power and money when people try to like uh, go after them for 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 false claims but yeah. at the end of the day it always comes back to the survivor and and we learned this in like our sexual violence training like I was a fraudster so we had to learn all this stuff anyways but um the the basis is always put on the survivor if they don't want the story to be told you do not have the right to 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 publicize that information and that that is their discretion and that's a difficult topic because there's been cases where people have come being like I was sexually assaulted by this person I want you to 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 like separate them from me but don't don't do anything about it don't publicize it I don't want their name I don't want my name and it's like well at that point you just all you can do is respect their wishes mm-hmm. a little bit of a tangent but it's, it's weird it's kind of um uh fascinating to me how we like slowly like created this like separate mm-hmm. court, you know yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. well that's it I mean coming back to the like this is almost like a subset of the original question and then we're like can you should you or can you separate like mm-hmm. uh, an artist from their sexually or violent behavior and we've gotten into this like subset which is like for those that aren't like you know uh proven guilty in the court of law or like you know in in cases where there is still like a you know a hint of uncertainty surrounding them and to me like i I agree that it's really it's unique because like we're watching it unfold live and we're making the rules as we go along and it's also shrouded in emotion 
because it's so emotionally charged. So like, for instance, going back to this whole like judici judicial system, which obviously has its flaws, mm -hmm. there are also like some like, you know, rules set in place that have been like, you know, um, developed over years, right? In the sense that like, you get your sentence, you get years, you go to jail, you leave, mm -hmm. right? This, yeah. we don't have those rules. So if somebody is called out or if there's like an accusation made, then it's like, Michelle, you asked earlier, like it's been 10 years, can we listen to Chris Brown? You know what I mean? Like that's that's the specifics of it is like, well, uh, we don't know. Like we're making those rules as we go up. There's no like he's done his his deed. And now 10 years later, yeah. you know, he, he he can he's like absolved of his sins in the sense yeah. that like, you know, we've all agreed collectively in society that like a prisoner or, or someone who does a bad deed goes to prison. And then after a certain amount of years, depending on what they've done, they can become, you know, uh, they can be forgiven. Yeah, like at the end of the day, big arc is that like, as long as like this conversation is being had and people are understanding that like what those people did was wrong yeah. and that it shouldn't continue, like that's it. Like if, if it's a cycle, like we just needed to break the cycle and like, you know, whether or not you did, did you, decide to continue to consume that media is kind of like on a personal basis like it depends on on your like connection to you know the issue and how you feel and everyone's gonna have a different stance but as long as like these conversations are being had and like we know we can't we can't go on like this and like we can't yeah. keep, like celebrating people that are like doing horrendous things then it's yeah. then at least we're like making some progress i don't know mm -hmm. yeah yeah so, so last thing before we run out of time is um okay so like have any of you guys watched the new Louis ck special no. no no so i haven't watched it either um i might just for like research purposes um <laughs> but like supposedly i think like when we talk about like the whole concept of you know going to jail serving your time or taking a step back maybe from your industry and you know reflecting on your behavior and reflecting on how you you were detrimental to the people around you um, and then coming back, like a lot, that's what a lot of these guys have been doing, right? They've been saying like peacefully, like, I'm going to take a step back from the industry. I'm going to look at myself. I'm going to come back. Mm. Yeah. Take a few years off. So like Louis CK took a few years off comedy, kind of like totally went off the radar, worked on this new special and then released it and gave people basically enough time to, for the most part, get over like the whole jerking off thing. He's come back and he's like making jokes in his special supposedly about this whole me too thing that's what i read the other day <laughs> and at that point it's like well then you didn't learn anything i don't think you need to be i don't think you need to live your life based on one crime you committed just because like you know what i mean in the same way that like regular humans make mistakes as well like us yeah. little people you know if you cheat on someone when you're 18 like do you need to be held accountable for that until like the day that you die no yeah. so in the same yeah. i mean it's obviously you know different crimes but right. i do think that like in that case like like that's maybe where we need to like refocus is like okay you're coming back now but like did you even learn anything yeah yeah because i don't know but that, that doesn't sound like i mean anyway i haven't seen the special but mm -hmm. i thought some of you guys had watched mm -hmm. it but at that point if he's coming back and he's just making jokes and making light of a situation and i get that comedy often is just tragedy plus time right mm -hmm. but did you just take a step back for appearances to like pretend to do all the self work? Come yeah. back. Yeah. Going to be secretly jerking off in front of people in private. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I if mean, you didn't land. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, I'd be curious to see what the content of his special is. But sticking with the question, I'd be curious to know if you know while he's doing these possibly like you know tasteless jokes in his new special, what is he doing outside of his comedy? 
Is he still doing shit like that? Is he like donating to certain like like is he trying to yeah. right his wrongs in society? Like is it yeah. you know like outside of his comedy, what is he doing now? And I I, I don't know. I'd be curious because I think that factors in too. Like if he's making those jokes in his special and we're like, yo, that's so tasteless, Louis. What the fuck? But then you find out like maybe he's also like you know started an organization to like fund female like you know what i mean i don't know i don't know what the reality is but again it's a case-by-case thing and like i always i think my inkling is to depending on what this person is doing in reality to be able to divide them from parse them from their art that's always my go-to and then the question is okay what are the specifics that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, if you haven't grown a sensitivity to the, to the exact issue that, like, you were reprimanded for, like, what did you even learn? And, like, there's so many, like, I know, like, comedy, it's harder because a lot of time, like you were saying, Michelle, it's, like, you know, tragedy and timing. And it's, like, people make fun of, like, their mistakes. And that's kind of, like, self-deprecating humor. And people love that. But, like, there's such a difference between comedians like Louis C.K., who, like, I don't, I haven't seen the special, so I can't, like, make any claims. But, like, let's say, in this case, chooses to, like, make jokes about shitty things that he's done versus comedians that are, that I look up to, like Seth Meyers, who knows he doesn't have the agency to say some jokes. So he brings the women on his show that are the writers on his show, and they say the jokes that he can't say. It's, like, mm. it's like just little things like that. Like, there's so many, like, why are you making your career about yourself again? when you are the one that messed it up instead like you could be like donating to foundations you could be like you know coming up writing a new show and having like an entirely female writing cast or something yeah like like, plugging Mm. people that normally you wouldn't or like your followers wouldn't maybe necessarily pay attention to yeah like the joke always is that like straight white guys everywhere like cried cried for louis when he yeah. went down yeah it's like maybe those got and like i listen i run into those guys all the time like that they yeah. still fight for louis like yeah without like question they like fully believe in them they're they're not backing down on this whole thing and it's like okay well maybe take this time now you've got a platform you've got a real you still have a huge following yeah. regardless of your discretion mm-hmm. so maybe now it's like time to like help the people that you've been like yeah help them see a different light you know you yeah. have has the power to do that he's still so respected in comedy most yeah. comedians have for, even have forgiven him oh yeah 100 percent. people still think he's a fucking genius because he <sighs> is very smart and he is craft is great but then maybe he needs to just come out and be like okay actually check out all these like upcoming female comedians yeah or whatever 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 or like or like different someone who's not white and a comedian or anyone like anyone that's different from him maybe he needs to just like plug those people yeah Yeah, that he gained perspective or something yeah yeah but i'm not hopeful of i mean i I don't know if there's any specific amount of amount of time that 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 will that will do that remedy or 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 that will do that justice but i mean like if like we said we we try to give faith in the in the in the the legal justice system and if it doesn't come through it doesn't come through but at some point we have to make our own decision if you were okay with it before him going on a two-year hiatus you'll still be okay with it when he comes back. If you were yeah. not okay with it before, you're probably not going to be okay with it after what he's going to reflect on it for two years. I mean, okay, yeah, well, yeah. I reflected on it for two years too. I still think he's a piece of shit. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my God. Well, thank you guys. You guys were the best. Yeah. Thank you. Very like so much fun. My yeah. brother's so pissed at me. He wants his headset back. He's like yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, then that, on that note, <laughs> Uh, we will end but um before we do i just wanted to give um anyone 
here who happens to run some kind of literary magazine, a chance to plug if they want. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you've made it this long, uh, I'll make it easy for you to sign up now. Uh, basically, yes, yeah, I started, uh, I'm part of a, uh, a literary magazine here in Montreal. It's called You. Um, and uh, we're new. We started in January and we're publishing uh, nonfiction, poetry, prose, and visual arts. So if you want to submit to us, feel free to uh, visit our website. It's uh, yokeliterary.ca. I will put the link in the bio for sure. Anyone else have anything to plug? Kira? Me up on TikTok. Colin, any plugs? Any personal plugs you want to? No, I don't. I just, uh, I guess if you've made it this far, um, we're having meaningful discussions because they matter and they're important. And I would just say, don't be afraid to shy away from important discussions like the one we're having today. Can yeah. Make yeah. Wow. Looking like a true politician. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Save the scene in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> this has been Trigger. Thanks so much for tuning in. 